Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's your podcast. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Welcome to this rather, uh, again, rainy Monday afternoon in the tri-state. I'm told by the power of five and the power of nine in the next few days, we're actually going to see the sun five or six days in a row. I believe it when I see it. Reds baseball off today. Having split in Milwaukee, I'd hopes for a sweep. Nonetheless, they're back out of Tuesday and Wednesday in L.A., then back home for a long homestand, beginning with the uh, Chicago Cubs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Remain about five games back with about four teams in front of them. Nonetheless, only five games back. The weather has been a big issue the last several weeks. Global warming is everywhere. I'm wearing a coat in June. Nonetheless, uh, Brian Hamrick of the Power of Five is out there investigating. I saw him on Friday standing in some muddy field as all hell was breaking loose. Interesting stories abound. Brian Hamrick of the Power of Five, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Brian, how are you? Thanks again, Mr. Cunningham. Doing fine. I have, I uh, see on the website, WLWT, some information about bats. Not baseball bats, but bats that fly. And it's extremely interesting. Can you describe to the American people what's happening to a woman with her bats? Oh, this, uh, this, yeah, this is not the kind of bats that the Reds use or, or don't use in whatever cases uh, on occasion. Uh, but, yeah, the, the kind that, that give you the creeps, the kind that makes the hair stand on your end, hair on end, if you happen to be in the same room with them, and they can see in the dark, and you can't, and uh, they're flying around. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but it is a <laughs> creepy feeling to have a bat in the room. Uh, and, and there's a woman over in Covington that, that had that happen to her. Okay, so she gets this bat in the room. So it's the middle of the night. She runs out screaming because she's got two kids, and she's pregnant uh, for her third. She runs out screaming in the middle of the night. Some random guy, she's so scared, this random guy walking down the street, she's going to my house and get the bat out of there. What? So he gets the bat out. Well, that may be it, except the next day in the daylight, there's another bat hanging on the side of her house, and then there are three dead baby bats laying on the sidewalk. Jeez. Well, it turns out she's got a bat infestation up under. It's like three stories up in the rafters of this house. Mm kind of out over the overhang. Mm. So she's got this, like, bat infestation up there. So she's in Section 8 housing. And she's like, well, well, I got to, I, I can't, you know, I can't live here with the bats. And you see them out in the daytime, you think they could be rabid anyway. Uh, you know, because they, they only come out at night unless there's something wrong with them. So she's like, I can't have my kids around these bats. She calls in. Well, they call an exterminator. The exterminator comes out. We're out there when the exterminator gets there. He goes, he looks up. He says, oh, yeah, you guys got bats all right. There's bats up in there. <laughs> Brilliant. Goes, Brilliant. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it? He goes, because I, I, I'm thinking we're going to get some video of, you know, this guy getting these bats out of here somehow. He goes, oh, no, we can't touch them. They're protected. protected. We can't do anything until October. I'm like, what? what? I, di- I didn't know, you know. So, but bats, especially these 
I think there's some kind of a brown bat, and I think there's other species that are covered. They're protected. I guess at one time they were kind of an endangered animal, and maybe they still are. I'm not sure if you want all the logistics on that. But anyway, the law is you can't disturb these bats. They have to live there. So it's easier for this woman to leave than it is for the bats to leave. <laughs> so you're telling me. Now, I guess the federal government has designated a particular bat as a protected species, and this is like the end of June, and this poor woman's got to put up with for the next four months until what, after after breeding season or something? Right, yeah, well, see, they got the babies, and, and, and I, so I talked to these pest uh, control folks. They said, well, what they do is the way they get rid of them is they basically make a um, – a flap, and it's basically like a one-way door. The bats fly out, but they then can't get back in. And, and the guy told me, he goes, even if we could do it, even if they were just like a varmint, you know, you could get rid of them anytime you want. Well, he said, we wouldn't do it because the baby bats are in there. And he goes, they die in there. Then you've got the odor problem. Then you've got insects that come. He goes, it's just not a good way to get rid of them. You have to wait until the babies can fly out on their own. And then that one-way door doesn't allow them back in, and that's the way you take care of them. So uh, that's – but they can't do it until the, the bats fly out. So this woman's like – so they wanted to put her in another housing area up in City Heights, and she just didn't want to go there. She goes, it, it was – she's got three kids, and she did not want to go up there. And um, so they're like, well, we offered you a place, and they offered her another place, and it was a similar kind of deal. So she was sleeping in her car – while they try and figure out what to do. So she's been in a lurch over the bat. So the bats have gotten in her car. I just Googled some things about the northern long-eared bat. A big headline from 2015, which I missed. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service protects northern long-eared bat as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. Now it's a federal crime to affect the habitat of a northern long-eared bat. And I think he... These that, may be brown bats, and I think they're protected. There are state laws as well that protect these uh, these bats. So, I mean, it. it I mean, there's no and none. Nobody's going to touch them, you know, with with that being the problem. Now, you can. I was told file for some sort of an exemption. In other words, if the bats appear to be rabid or something like that, and I think there was some talk about that. Um, and I don't know if they what they got to do to get this exception. But there was some talk about an exception. So, But at this point, I don't think there's been any decision as to what happens with this woman. And here's the thing. This is a very common issue. I've talked to a number of people while I was down there doing the bat story. The guy goes, uh, a guy, random guy's walking by, and he goes, oh, yeah. He says, uh, I had two in my house just the other night. He goes, and it turns out I've got a nest, and I can't get rid of them. He goes, it's crazy. So I've talked to people, and the, and the exterminator people also told me, this is very common this time of year. People got to deal with this. Well, I googled little little brown bats, and they're protecting Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, and yeah. they're all like an endangered species. And in order to remove a a brown bat, you must get a permit, which are rarely granted. And it's illegal to kill the bats in Kentucky, Ohio, or Indiana. You can't kill them, and you can't let them leave your home. So this interloper, as I get this story straight, this woman. In the middle of the night, walks into the street and finds some guy walking by and say, "Come with me." Yeah, exactly. You know, she has no idea who this guy is. He could be a mass killer, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't care. Whatever it is, we're getting this bat out of here." <laughs> There's 11 protected species of bats in the Midwest. I had no idea, Brian Hamrick.
Yeah. We're, we're in well, trouble. I mean, we're in trouble. Yeah, well, I tell you, the bats are so beneficial, though, I, to the environment. That's one of the reasons that they, they eat so many mosquitoes, for one. Um, so they're, they're really, I, you know, from what I recall on them, that they're, they're very kind of integral in the eco makeup of the whole system. And so they were really concerned about the role these bats play. And if they're not in that, how the whole thing starts to, to dwindle. So uh, several years ago, they started protecting these bats. And uh, well, I said, <laughs> now we've got, you know, those uh, Canada geese are also protected, though, you know. And you see the kind of <laughs> issues you run into it. At some point, you know, you, you might want to, they may want to back that off. But I, I guess we're not there yet. Well, bats are protected, warm-blooded mammals responsible for eating literally millions of crop-destroying and annoying insects each year. They're not blind. They're not afraid of light. They're considered uh, Bats consider humans as predators and try to escape human beings. They're relatively long-lived mammals, 13- to 18-year lifespans. They're slow to wow. reproduce, kind of like humans, giving live yeah. birth usually to a single pup or twins once a year. And the big brown bat often finds himself inside homes and buildings, uh, but they prefer temporary caves for hibernation. They should never be trapped, poisoned, harmed, or scared out of an attic. I think. <laughs> yeah, you might get scared out of the attic once you see them, but don't scare the bat. Well, <laughs> well yeah, but this poor they woman. Are, they are wild-looking creatures. If you've ever seen them, you know, up yeah, close, yeah. they look like, you know, little dogs with wings. You know, I mean, they're really kind of crazy-looking with these, like, you know, sharp needle-like teeth. Wild-looking animals, you know. Uh, I mean, you talk about something that's really almost like a throwback. I mean, it's almost like if they were not here, you know, were extinct, it'd be like something you'd be looking at and go, man, I can't imagine that thing flying around at night. But Well, the federal we government, to listen to this one. It's more advice from the federal government. Bats should not be excluded from your home during maternity season. Big brown bats that roost in homes live in colonies, meaning that when you find one bat, you'll probably have many more. They're not right. rodents and extremely beneficial. They have tiny, sharp teeth, ideally suited for grasping their only food source, insects. And so as human beings, we're supposed to put up with uh, bats in your home, and if you touch them, you might do hard time, Daddy. You might do That's hard right. time. That's Carries right. up to That's five right. years yeah. in prison. How about five years in prison and a $5,000 fine for killing for one bat? bat? disturbance. Yeah, you can imagine sitting in there next to the other, hey, what are you in for, buddy? I'm, I'm a killer. Uh, you know, <laughs> what are you like in the for? Group, well, the group W bench, you know, <laughs> what are you in for? Well, I, I sold 10 pounds of heroin. What'd you do? Well, uh, I knocked over. The, what'd you do? Well, I killed a bat. You killed I, a bat. I ran some bats out of my, uh, out of my attic and, uh, Batman. I'm doing, hard time. I'm doing a hard time, daddy. I didn't. Brian Henry. You know what? And, and those guys would be looking down on you too. They'd be yeah. like, you're what? Oh, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Bats. And, and the feds. The What's wrong with you, man? Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, and the feds will hunt you down if you kill a bat in your own home. Isn't that That's like right. trespass? Don't I have the right to enjoy my property the way I want without harming? I, but the federal government says, and every state says, it's a protected species. And if we kill a bat, the entire ecosystem will collapse. Yeah, you can, you know, you can kill a person in some cases, you know, that come into your home, but the bat, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a hard time. All yeah. right. Well, this is unbelievable. So this woman right now, she's living in her car. Where is she now? 
Where's she this well, afternoon? She's been living. They said they told me by Wednesday they hope to have some solution beneficial to everybody. No. But as far as I've heard, I haven't heard that they've gotten there yet, so they still got a couple of days to get there. So the feds who run Section 8 housing will not permit – are they going to put more human beings in with the bats? Who's going to go in well, there and say, I yeah, want to live there no, with a colony of bats? Lives here. That's what she says. She goes, well, you know, how would I move? I'm going to move temporarily until October and move back. I mean, uh, you know, so it was just – it was a logistical nightmare for her. And, I mean, you know – you think of bats in nightmares coming out with, you know, Bella Lugosi or something. But, well, but this is a real-life nightmare caused by all kinds of other kind of crazy circumstances. Well, I guess the house will be unoccupied till October, but then who wants to move in with bat droppings all over the place? Yeah, well, that, that, that's the other problem. you got to clean all that up as well. That, that's supposed to be great for your garden, but terrible to breathe. So i got to go in like my hazmat suits to get rid of the bats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That guano is uh, supposed to be very, very toxic from what mm. I understand. But, but they make all kinds of great fertilizer out of that. I mean, it's like some kind of uh, super growth. But breathing it, like all that, it, it, it's extremely hazardous from what I understand. Brian, you've covered some unusual stories over the year. Normal- With Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm dealing with crime, but I'm not (laughs) sure... This one might top the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's batty. I'll say, give it that much. You know? well, one of the rules of the Fed says bats should never be tra- in your home. Bats should never be trapped, poisoned, harmed, or scared out of the attic. Right. Well, I can't scare a bat. It's a federal offense. <laughs> and also, pesticide yeah. use on bats is strictly prohibited. How, how would you like that that trial? You know, you got to go to trial and you got to defend the guy, and they, he's charged with scaring the bat. You know, uh, I can see the jurors waiting to be seated. What am I going to get? A burglary, a drug deal? I got a rape or no? I got a scaring bat charge. Kenton yeah, County right. prosecutor Rob Sanders is indicted, indicting Covington homeowners for scaring a bat. A bat scaring incident. I mean, but you'd be you'd have to prove the guy scared the bat. It's like. The bat was not scared. They have to prove the bat was actually frightened, you know. Got to put him on the stand, I guess, if you can have him sit, sit down <laughs> yeah. long enough. I mean, this is unbelievable. I, I, I didn't think – when I talked to you this morning, I said, well, tell me. And I said, nah, you got to be kidding me. I'm reading this stuff. The little brown bat is protected. It's yeah. kind of like oh, a yeah. spotted owl or a darter right. fish. Yeah, exactly. Brian Hamrick, we're in trouble. We are in yeah. trouble. <laughs> All right, we got to go. Anything else happening? By the way, how's Mike Dardis and Sheree Palello coming after their wedding of about a month ago? 
they're back at work, back on the job, nose to the grindstone, uh, you know, honeymoon behind them, and we're off to, uh, you know, <laughs> covering the news again. Any any PDAs that you see? Uh, you know, uh, I got to tell you, everything seems to be running smooth. I mean, uh, <laughs> the ratings are going good. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, I tell you what, as far as station, you know, uh, all that, it's Things are going as smooth as I've been here, uh, you know, in 20 years. You know, we're we're looking really pretty good in the ratings right now. Don't screw it up because Rob Braun's leaving <laughs> on Friday. There's your opportunity right there. Everyone says the power of five will dominate now. You got the news team in place. You got a weather guy that's really good. You got Lonesome George. Got you yeah. and John London. I figured don't right. screw it up. Can you tell management yeah. not to screw it up? Just don't mess with the thing. Well, you know, I mean, that's the key. I, you know, I think one of the key things here is, you know, 12 lost so many valuable, I mean, valuable uh, reporters. You know, Joe Webb was gone. They lost Larry Davis. Uh, Jeff Hirsch, you know, you had uh, uh, Deb Dixon leave, uh, 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 Jaffe left, all of that. I mean, you, you're talking about hundreds of years of reporting experience, and that that is the 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 skeleton. I mean, that is That's the, the bones. core of what you do. I mean, you've got anchors, you've got folks that are the face of your TV station, but you know, if you're McDonald's. And you can do what you want to the makeup of the building. You can do what you want. But if you go in and their hamburgers aren't what you want, if it's not a McDonald's hamburger, you are going to stop going there. And the quality of the food is what people are going to go for, what they expect, you know. And what I'm saying is we're making the burgers, the folks that are, you know, the reporting core of that station. And when you lose that reporting core, it, it, people can tell the difference, and it's yeah. not what they what they expect. Well, we'll see what happens down the road. The only thing constant about life is change, and uh, we'll see what That's happens right. Friday after Rob Braun, living legend. He's on my Mount Rushmore of television journalist. Uh, let me give you yeah, my long uh, history. You well, know, a legacy, a legacy family. You know, forever. in town, his dad used to work for us. You forever. Know? I mean, the Braun name is uh, is synonymous with news and entertainment, and. Uh, We'll see what happens. And, uh, Changing we'll... times. They got great folks over there still. Not to, nothing against right. the folks that are there. But... I mean, they got still, you know, Anjanette Levy is a great reporter. I mean, they got some excellent reporters over there. But, I mean, it's tough. You got John London, Karen Johnson over here. I mean, we. We, I mean, it, it, it's it's a we got a really good core of folks with us right now. We got Mike and Cherie, you know, at the desk there holding it down, and both of them doing a lot more reporting, I think, than you see from any of the other anchors. I mean, uh, you know, they just uh, won a Murrow. I mean, award for some of the report. I mean, so. Uh, they're doing a lot of stuff that a lot of anchors don't do. And, again, it's that reporting core right down through. And I, I just think that's really important to yeah. a station when you got you got your your key people are very um, Connected. Uh, seasoned reporters. Yep. Well, we got to run Brian Hamrick. Well, I'll monitor this. And uh, the viewer benefits when this great competition. But uh, keep an eye on those uh, on those brown bats. They're extremely protected. <laughs> I'm doing hard time, Daddy. I disturbed a bat. But uh, Brian Hamrick, <laughs> thanks for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. My friend, we'll do it again. Thanks again, Mr. Cunningham. Uh, let's continue with more. The federal government, state, local, police are involved in whether a bat is disturbed in Covington. 
Let's continue with more after 1 o'clock today as Tony Bender's good friend and yours and mine, we hope, Brian Tome of Crossroads. All on News Radio 700. Before cookie time runs out. On this Saturday, June 29th, Juliet's Hope Recovery Community is celebrating two years of serving women trapped in the addiction cycle, DV, and human trafficking. It's June the 29th, this coming Saturday at Landmark Baptist, and uh, my good friend, the Reverend Matt Holman and Dan Grimes are participating in doing this. I'm going to provide some assistance, and uh, this is an effort to put women that have been trafficked or with DV or drug addiction into up to a 24-month program of rent-free housing in a therapeutic community, access to medication, assistance, treatment, and detox. It's a wonderful thing. The uh, deductions are tax, uh, donations are tax deductible. So you may check it out at uh, Landmark Baptist at the 1600 Glendale Milford Road. The event's going to be Saturday, June the 29th. Juliet's Hope. It's a great event. So uh, consider that in your giving if you can. All right, let's continue now. You know, last night I had on a couple individuals from South Bend, Indiana, the home of Notre Dame and Joe Frederick. It's uh, For some reason in my life, I've never been to Notre Dame. It's on my bucket list to go there to watch a football game because they, I'm told it's the greatest uh, experience that one may have. I've been to the Ohio State campus with the President Gordon Gee a few years back, and it was wonderful, so I have to make a trip to Notre Dame at some point. I understand there's two parts of South Bend. It's the Notre Dame part, then it's the other part. And the other part, which elects its leadership, like Mayor Pete Buttigieg, is in, is in trouble, as many urban areas are, because of a lack of job creation, a, a lack of public education. You can't send your kid to the public schools. There's rampant crime, et cetera. So approximately eight days ago, there was a, a gentleman named Eric Logan, 54 years old, that was shot and killed by 20-year veteran Sergeant uh, Ryan O'Neill. And the reporting at the time, and I potted up on the computer what was going on in real time as it was taking place. But there were uh, there was a series of 911 calls about some person breaking into cars in a neighborhood in an apartment building. And so naturally, a police officer was dispatched from South Bend. It was uh, Sergeant Ryan O'Neill. He had a body camera that was not activated because in South Bend, the cameras are only activated when the lights are turned on. If the lights are turned on, then the uh, the camera of the car is turned on and the body cam is turned on. The officer could have turned on the body cam, but as the events developed, he didn't think it was that big of a deal because he didn't think he didn't know what he had until he had it. You know, many times an officer has to make a split-second life-and-death decision, and if they make the wrong decision, they might be dead, and if they make the wrong decision, an innocent civilian might be dead, but normally the uh, the perpetrator's behavior brings his attention to the police officer. In this case, O'Neill did not have his lights on because he was simply circling the parking lot and had an anonymous 911 call about someone breaking into cars. And that's why the body cam was not turned on. Investigators have no video of the incident uh, whatsoever. And they do have, though, an injured police officer. He's been there 19 years. According to media accounts, the investigators have found there had been six vehicles broken into and uh, two on William Street, two on Taylor Street, and two in the Central High parking lot. According to uh, media accounts, O'Neill stopped his cruiser and got out and asked a man uh, who had his legs sticking out of a Honda Civic, he said, sir, do you own that car? 
And the man whose identity later was uh, told to be Eric Logan said, yes, I, I own the car. Well, in reality, he did not own the car. The man said yes, but O'Neill spotted a purse wedged in his clothing. So as he got out of the car, Matt Stein, would, it, would that be somewhat suspicious? Uh, a little bit. You got a wedge. Uh, you got a wedgie of a purse in your in your in your pants sticking out. So when he sees that, the man Logan emerges with a knife uh, from the in his right hand, described as a six to eight inch fixed blade knife. Logan who soon to be shot, said to have been ignored multiple orders. What's the first thing the cop would do is say, drop the knife, drop the knife. He then approached O'Neill with his hand raised. O'Neill backed up toward his own vehicle. He fired two shots. One struck Logan on the right side of his abdomen, while the other one struck the open door of the car. Logan was coming toward O'Neill roughly at the same speed that Sergeant O'Neill was retreating. Uh, O'Neill initially called for an ambulance, but shortly later said, Yes, to another officer who asked about simply picking up Logan and taking him immediately to the hospital, rather than waiting for an ambulance. I imagine at 3.30 a.m., ambulances are not ready available in South Bend, Indiana. The officer arrived at the hospital with Logan three minutes after the shooting. Now, he's being criticized for that because he should have left Logan there on the street bleeding, waiting for the ambulance to come. Much like John Lennon's case, the great beetle, the police officer said, we can't wait for an ambulance, let's get this guy to the hospital. So police in South Bend picked up Logan within three minutes of the shooting, transported him to the hospital. Now, I instinctively, reflectively, what I do when I see when I hear these incidents is I I tend to believe the police officer. And there are many in America who instinctively disbelieve the police. Uh, I'm in the I'm in the first category. Sergeant Ryan O'Neill, who I've never met, of course, has been there 20 years. He's had one incident in his 20-year history in which he ran a police car into a post, causing damage to the police car. He's been regularly accommodated for all kinds of things. And uh, some of these incidents is objectively proven. But at yesterday's town hall meeting, Mayor Pete Buttigieg had to deal with large numbers of African-Americans yelling epithets at him, racial and otherwise, not conducting themselves properly at a meeting in which the mayor was there, Pete, and also the chief of police to try to answer questions. Now, down the road, we're about eight days later, certainly within two or three weeks, we're going to know a whole bunch of stuff. He broke into allegedly six cars. Now, many times... When perpetrators break into cars today, they don't break windows because of car alarms and because of noise, especially at 3.25 a.m. in the morning. But nonetheless, there should be items missing from these six cars of six different people. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog. Insomnia. Moodiness. Achy joints. Weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, 
they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. On the uh, pavement, the other police officers found a purse that believed to uh, belong to some other woman, a wallet that belonged to some other man, and the knife itself was found at the scene described by the police chief as six to eight inches, that was in a car belonging to some other civilian that allegedly was used by Logan to threaten Officer Sergeant O'Neill. And so objectively, we would have those six people to testify, yes, my car was broken into. We then have circumstances where, according to the testimony of Sergeant O'Neill, when he pulls on the scene, didn't put his lights on because there was no reason to. He's looking for somebody, and he sees a body half sticking out of a Honda Civic. And he gets out of his car, and, and at this point, he easily might have thought that this guy, who turned out to be Eric Logan, owned the car and was simply in the car looking for something. So wasn't, he wasn't going to – his hackles wasn't up thinking, okay, I got a serious incident here. He didn't know. That's when Eric Logan came out with a knife. We also have – the knife at the scene that belongs to one of the persons that owned the car. We have forensics at the scene because the officer suffered a stabbing wound to his forearm. Now, how, how did the knife, which was on the pavement, part of it, get into the body of Sergeant Ryan O'Neill unless it was used by Eric Logan to throw it or to stab him? Now, at the hospital, he was treated and released. So you're going to have your ER docs to say, well, I gave him this kind of a treatment. Did he get stitches? Did he not get stitches? How deep was the wound? Was the wound consistent with a knife wound? We have independent ER docs that that are going to say that, correct? And so, like in any other criminal investigation, there'll be pieces of evidence to confirm whether or not Sergeant Ryan O'Neill is telling the truth or not. When you watch yesterday's uh, town hall meeting, when you have large numbers of African-Americans yelling and screaming, at a white liberal, the first thing the white liberal does is shut up and sit down and act hurt and aggrieved. He's been in charge of South Bend now for eight years. And uh, if the police division there is racist or demagogues or institutional white supremacy, there's charges. The person in charge of that would be Pete Buttigieg. Does anyone think that liberal progressive mayor Pete would allow that kind of police agency to operate under his control? Of course, the answer is no. It isn't. So instead of telling the assembled multitude, look, we're a few weeks away from learning all the facts. We're going to find out if windows were broken. We're going to find out who the car owners are of those six vehicles. We're going to see what items they lost. We're going to see where the items are today. We're going to put under oath the owner of the car the knife was taken from to see where the knife came from. We're going to know soon whether or not the fingerprints of Eric Logan are on the knife. We're going to discover forensics at the scene. There should be blood drippings, blood drops here and there. We're going to discover the kinds of injuries the officer had. We're going to subpoena into the grand jury all the 
emergency room doctors to testify to the injuries they observed on Sergeant Ryan O'Neill's forearm. We have the written statement of Sergeant O'Neill, which will be confirmed or not by forensics and the DNA that comes up in the next few days. So in the meantime, why don't we all calm down and see what the hell it turns out to be? The great American has spent many years in the court system. Every now and then, a cop will embellish testimony. Every rarely, maybe out of several thousand arrests, a cop will plant evidence somewhere. Cops are not perfect human beings. Every now and then, a police officer screws up magnificently, and other cops will arrest him. There is not an institutional bias in America against African Americans or anyone else. In fact, according to statistics compiled by the Washington Post, a white cop is less likely, I said less likely, to shoot a black man than a black cop is because of what Sergeant Ryan O'Neill is going to have to go through or what Stephen Roach went through here in Cincinnati. You don't want to do that because your law enforcement career is over. He'll never be a cop anywhere again. Darren Wilson, the cop who shot Michael Brown in uh, Ferguson, Missouri, as Michael Brown was inside his cruiser trying to kill him, will never work as a police officer again, and he was sued for millions of dollars, even though Officer Darren Wilson and, and Ferguson did nothing wrong objectively. The officers with Freddie Gray in Baltimore did nothing wrong. All of them were fired. And Sergeant Ryan O'Neill's case, his life as a law enforcement officer is over, it's concluded. So every white cop in this situation does everything in their power not to shoot, because when you shoot that weapon, all hell breaks loose on your personal life. The reason to shoot would be if Eric Logan is trying to kill Sergeant O'Neill. Now, objectively, we'll be able to learn that over the next few weeks. These things do not go quickly. Instinctively, I want to believe the cop. He wears the uniform. He's got a gun strapped to his hip. He's got the American flag on his lapel. Instinctively, in Eric Logan's case, according to the South Bend Tribune, he spent about 10 years in state prison for dealing cocaine. He's a drug dealer. He's had previous convictions for possession of cocaine, carrying a handgun without a license, and other minor charges, according to the South Bend. It doesn't mean he should be shot, but it means that he did not want to go back to prison. And it means he had a knife, allegedly, and we're going to find out forensically if the story of Sergeant O'Neill holds up or does not hold up. If it holds up, it's not going to make any difference. With many in the black community and in the progressive liberal community, it makes no difference. It makes zero difference. Lastly, Sacramento on Saturday night had the murder of a fine police officer, and she was gunned down on a typical domestic violence run. Her name is Officer Tara O'Sullivan, only 26 years old, murdered ambush style in a domestic violence by a murderer named Adele Ramos who waited for her and then killed whoever came. When the police put up the uh, crime scene tape, one of the Sacramento television station reporters put on their cell phone and recorded the taunting of four or five women who were applauding the murder of police officer Tara O'Sullivan. It was on Fox News this morning, the videotape uh, of a couple of black females taunting the police officers, saying it's a good thing Tara O'Sullivan is dead. That's the mentality we're dealing with. Let's continue with more. The line becomes available, 749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. 
If you have any information, uh, I have many listeners in Indiana, several thousand. And have I I'm, I'm, I have the stories I printed off from the from the South Bend Tribune, and that, that's where I'm getting my facts from. Seven four nine seven thousand. Coming up in about twelve minutes or so is Brian Tome of Crossroads on News Radio seven hundred W O. Talk Billy Cunningham. We have some terrible storms coming supposedly in about two hours. When I check my weather app, the line of storms is uh, right now are kind of on the Indiana Ohio line. So Hidden Valley, places like Willie's and Hidden Valley under the leadership of Steve Washing Machine are going to be hit in the next 20 minutes, and we're going to experience storms. But when I check things out the next five or six days, guess what? There's going to be a bright, shiny, sunny object in the sky that we might be able to see starting tomorrow. But until then, joining me on the Celebrity Hotline is the legendary, legendary uh, Crossroads director, pastor, and Monsignor Brian Tome. Brian Tome, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Brian, how are you? William, I am great, though. I've never been known to be on the celebrity hotline. I don't even know I'm a celebrity, but I'm, I don't even know if this is a hotline, but I'm ready to get hot today. Well, you're on the acutehearingcenter.com hotline. How about that? Wow, very, very impressive. Yeah, speaking of weather, what what is going on with this weather? This is this is getting de- getting depressing for me. Well, I spoke to Steve Raleigh of the Power of Nine. And for the last several weeks, there's been a high-pressure system 600 miles east of North Carolina in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And because that high-pressure system is out by Bermuda, it is spokes of the wheel sending this uh, precipitation into the Midwest. Believe it or not, yesterday and today, the high-pressure system parked there for several weeks is heading toward Iceland. So we're going to get back to normal weather beginning tomorrow. Oh, yeah, those poor Iceland people. Let's let's let them get hammered for a change. So you want to get off easy? I'm not going to let you off the hook. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. Well, you, got, you got good, hard stuff for me today, Will? Yes, I do. All right, I'm ready. One thing I find very uh, good about Crossroads is that it is racially, ethnically diverse. Large numbers. Mingo does a great job. You're there. Race doesn't appear to be an issue. I had on my topic last night on my syndicated premiere show about what happened in South Bend, Indiana, and what happened in Sacramento. Now, in Sacramento on Wednesday, a fine young female police officer who has an incredible name of Officer Tara O'Sullivan responded to a typical domestic violence 911 call. I need help. Come here. My boyfriend's beating me up. So Tara O'Sullivan shows up with a partner. And she goes into an ambush, and she shot and killed at the site. Uh, it takes a, you know, when the police officer is down, it's a special event. And so uh, crime scene tape was put up. The perpetrator, a man named Adele Ramos, was uh, arrested. A large number of individuals showed up and started taunting the police, shouting things like, it's about time a cop was killed. Uh, hmm. You know, the cop is in you know, other racial epithets, and Tara O'Sullivan was a white female, but Color didn't matter. We have the circumstance in South Bend, Indiana, which happened eight days ago. There was a town hall meeting that uh, Mayor Pete conducted yesterday, which completely got out of control because uh, Eric Logan, 54 years old, came out a police officer allegedly with a knife. His name is Sergeant Ryan O'Neill. He was wounded in his forearm. He shot and killed Eric Logan. Now, the facts of that case are developing. You got DNA. You got the blood scene. You got the bodies of both officers, blood, blood was taken from Logan and from O'Neill, and, and you have a lot of forensics going on. But instinctively, the, the black community in South Bend uh, accused Ryan O'Neill and Mayor Pete of murder, 
And in Sacramento, California, when an officer is dead, which is a horrible moment, you have members of the black community applauding the murder of a police officer. We then have in Kroger here in Winton Hills, a young African-American female was caught stealing and a, and a black cop uh, tased her because she was running away. And when, when, I, when all the dust settled in Cincinnati, the family of the, of the thief, the shoplifter, got a quarter of a million dollars. And so as a person that's lived here my whole life, I had thought that by the year 2019 or 2020, if somebody would have told me in 1970, we had riots here in 1967, 68. There were, there were police and uh, National Guards with machine guns on Fountain Square. Parts of Avondale, uh, Evanston burned. Uh, if somebody would have told me then 50 years later, are things going to be better? I, I would say absolutely. Because we've had Obama, the black president, the black attorney general. We have African-American leadership all over the city of Cincinnati. It's as racially as diverse as it can be. But it looks to me by objective standards because of the reparations movement and elsewhere that there's more racial tension today than there's been in many years. In fact, when I had on Sergeant Dan Hills of the FOP about a week ago, he says there's tension building in the city that, of course, I don't feel and maybe you don't feel. So at Crossroads, what have you done at Crossroads, which is a community of nearly 70,000 people, that, that take the pressure out of the racial divisions that so many... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Feel that maybe you and I don't feel, but which exist. Well, when you talk about the race issue and the tension that we have, I think in general, Bill, all Americans are just more tense. I think race is one of the areas that we're tense, but my gosh, we're, we're tense about our kids. We're tense about our, our finances. We're tense about the, uh, the market. We're tense about the President of the United States. We're, we're tense about the next election. We're just generally incredibly, incredibly tense. And I think we're probably more tense than we've ever been. At least that's what the statistics show. Our happiness rates are going down, down, down. I saw one one survey that showed Mexicans are more happy than Americans, and yet we have a lot of Mexicans are trying to get to America. We have our suicide rates are escalating. Our depression rates are escalating. One in six Americans, one in six Americans is on anti-depression or anti-anxiety meds. One in six. Mm. So we have massive, massive problems in our country, and when you talk about race, okay, that's one of them. So we can talk about the race problem, but I actually think the race issue is a subset of just overall, we need to lighten the heck up. <laughs> overall, we've, we've got to learn to just breathe a little bit 
and enjoy our life and get to enjoy people around us, whether they look like us or they don't look like us. Why are we in crisis? Because objectively, this is the greatest time to have ever lived in American or world society. The medical systems that we have, the economic opportunities, 8 million jobs that cannot be filled, fantastic academic uh, institutions all around the tri-state. We have the great hospitals. Uh, I can get a cow valve put in my heart and be home within 24 hours having chicken noodle soup. Uh, we, we have the best. This is the best time to have ever lived. But none of us recognize it, especially younger folks don't have perspective to say how life was in the 1850s, 1950s. They have no perspective. And when you go to social media, it's always gotcha games. And the cable news incentivizes conflict. And every story that I read about is a catastrophe. I'm uh, I'm listening to uh, I'm listening to Amy Wagner this morning that. Half of uh, Americans over the age of 60 have no savings. They're going to live destitute. I look at the number of younger Americans on drugs and taking, as you say, depression medicines. That's one-sixth that are taking them. Probably another one-sixth want to take them. Why is that? Is it the lack of religiosity, the the, the lack of what's next? Gosh, I I think that's part of it. I think as, as we lose and drop the belief that there is a higher power, and I'm not going to argue from my understanding of a higher power. I, mean, I obviously have one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a card-carrying Christian pastor preacher. But I'm just saying as, as we drop whatever our sense of a higher power is, and we go to this idea of, hey, hey, uh, we've all just gradually evolved over a long, 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 long time. There was, there was this cosmic uh, goo, there was a big bang, and then there was you. Cosmic goo and you, you're all random chance. There isn't anybody who's looking out for you. There's nobody who cares for you. There's nobody who's created you in, in his, her, or its image. You're just no different than a gerbil. Well, of course you're going to be more depressed. Of, yeah. of course we're going to be higher anxiety. Of course, because everyone's being told you're not, you don't have a higher purpose. You don't have a higher power. No one's, no one's for you. So we have that one going. And I think another thing that's, uh, that's, that's a big one here is that I've studied uh, happiness. It's, it's fascinating. Whenever there's an article or book on happiness, I like hearing the latest ideas or studies on it. And pretty much everyone I read comes to the same conclusions. They say every dollar, every dollar you earn – up to $75,000 makes you more happy. But once you get past $75,000, <laughs> your happiness isn't dependent on what, other, uh, on what your income is, although, of course, it's wonderful to have more money. Your happiness depends on how you're doing relevant, relative to your comparison set. Yeah. So if I feel like I'm doing better than my neighbors, I'm going to be happy. And this is why when you start getting ahead financially, one of the things you want to do is you want to stay in your neighborhood because you want to be around people who you know that they don't have cars they're tempting you with because, hey, my car is doing pretty good. And so in this social media age, if that's true, that our happiness is based on after $75,000, how we feel relative to somebody else, well, social media is constantly making us feel irrelevant and that we're losing. This causes us to be depressed. This causes us to be anxiety. And this also causes us to, to see all the racial acts that are happening in our country, and it elevates our awareness of it, and, and it makes us more upset. Yes, so specifically Crossroads does to address racial issues yeah. when they arise, because that could be a lesson for society in general. 
Yeah, well, we, we've we've been muddling our way through this as a church. When we started off in 1995, I moved to Cincinnati, Cincinnati from Pittsburgh in '95. I mean, it was it was all white all the time. We were in a Hyde Park, and then when we bought a building, our first building in Oakley, went literally over the train tracks, over the train tracks. Uh, and that's when our <laughs> diversity journey started to happen. Yeah, that whole that whole phrase over the train tracks, right? Yeah. Well, what is that? Well, we learned that over the train tracks is, is a major uh, neighborhood separator, and we moved to an area where there was way more diversity. Now, you wouldn't know that all that much today because Oakley has become, you know. Um, a hot, hot place. When we came here, developers who who know what took place 15 years ago would say, "Yeah, we we helped flip this neighborhood because we brought a whole massive economy of thousands and thousands of people into this place, and then it started developing." Anyway, when we moved over here, also like, "My gosh, we got people coming to church who don't look like me and don't have the same backgrounds. What what are we going to do with this?" And it's been a it's been a really rewarding and really difficult process. It's not easy to get along with somebody who has a different background than you. It's not the, it's not the skin color right. that separates us. Right. It's the formative life experiences that we don't share with That's one another. That's a great point. You know, I, I can get with Melba Marsh, Black Judge. I can get with Chris Smitherman. I can get with Jeff Pastor. Uh, I can get with uh, African-American attorneys, and we're fine. Uh, in other words, it's not color. It's where you come from. It's having a family structure. It's having a religious base generally. It's having the same values, and values are not racially based. That's right. That's right. Or even better, if you have a similar, uh, similar things you did growing up, similar life experiences, all that kind of stuff, that, that, that's huge. But when we don't have those things, this is where the breakdowns happen, and, and this is why the best thing we can do, we, we feel this as a church, is one of the things we can do in this area is to try to get people into life situations where they're rubbing shoulders with one another, where we're interacting with one another, and their common experiences can come. And so that's part of what we've been trying to do. We have a we have a program called Undivided that tries to help people understand the story of somebody else who doesn't look like them. And that's been pretty effective. All right. Now, as far as reaching out, as far as if I would have you on 20 years from today, I doubt that will happen. But let's say it's 2040. And Brian Tome is at Crossroads in 2040. Do you have a 5, 10, 20-year plan? Where do you see Crossroads in 2040 after I'm gone and maybe after you're gone? But in, in 2040, do you have a plan to get to that point? Because you've gone 25 years almost. It's 24 years. Next year will be 25. If you go forward 25 more years to 2045, what will Crossroads be? I have no idea, Bill, because if you ever ask me to uh, – predict what crossroads would have been five years in the future, I would have been wrong every single time. If I had a goal-setting session where I said, well, I want crossroads to be this big, and I want to do this, and I want to do that, I would, have, I would have seen God crush those expectations, those goals, after a very, very short span of time. So I'm, I'm, not, a big, I'm not a big fan of setting goals. I'm a big fan of knocking down barriers. If you knock down barriers – you will see more goals met, more growth you can possibly imagine. So we're talking right now about a barrier. What's a barrier? A barrier is the races aren't getting along. We're not sharing love. We're not, we're not going the right direction. Okay, so let's figure out how to, how to knock that barrier down. Let's get rid of that. You can't say to yourself, oh, I just want to be more happy. That's what I want. I want to, be, I want to have a happiness index of 9.5 two years from now. <laughs> Okay, well, what's, the, what's keeping you from being happy? For most people, the barrier to keeping them from being happy is they're harboring bitterness towards somebody. 
They're just, they're just, they're, they're, and it's jacking them up. I, this is a really weird one. I just had an interaction with my assistant on this. I have, a, I have a book I'm working on right now. It's called, uh, it's, it's tentatively called Living Lightly. And uh, my assistant, yeah. um, talked to me about her sister who had, um, uh, MS and has also started to have some issues with her, with her mind. Gosh, I'm processing these right now. I'm going, I don't know if I should be talking about this on the entire massive network of Bill Cunningham. <laughs> Why not? Why not? She works for Let me. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. So she had, um, she, her sister, and she used to work for us across as well, had some, uh, was advancing significantly in MS. And then, unfortunately, she also started falling into Alzheimer's. When yeah. she went into Alzheimer's, all of her symptoms for MS went away. Wow. And they talked to the medical professional about this, who's at the facility where, where she's housed, and she said, uh, or the medical professional said, we actually see this quite frequently. We see that when people either have Alzheimer's or dementia, their previous medical issues go dormant, they just go away. And she said, "My, I'm not sure if it's she or he, this medical professional said, my opinion is that when, when you're not focusing on your problems, the body takes care of itself. Wow. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Wow. So when we're focusing on the people who have who've done us wrong, we're focusing on all the things that are wrong. We're getting more and more bitter. We're actually getting worse and worse and worse. A barrier to us being happy is putting that stuff around, intentionally forgetting about it, moving beyond it, and going towards our future. Brian Tome, we got to go, but every uh, afternoon I spend with you is some good time. Thank you. Well, William, it's always good. I would have preferred to stay on the weather conversation, but you always lure me into these deep things, and uh, I appreciate it nonetheless. Brian Tom, let's keep the conversation going. I think many benefit. My pleasure. God bless you. All right, let's continue with more. Billy Cunningham, the Great American Live, a drum of the Reds, off tonight, but back out of tomorrow in Los Angeles with the Angels on News Radio 700 W. City Sausage. Jeffress sets, he deals. And Peraza swings, sends a fly ball, left center field, going back, Braun, near the track. He's got it, and the game is over. The Reds come back, fall short, and the Brewers take the finale of this four-game series, 7-5. to five. Hello. 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 <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, boy, you bonehead. Segman, what about the Reds? I had such hope before Saturday's game that this is going to start a sweep of the Brew Crew first place. Now they collapsed the last two games. Third game was winnable. He's lazy as throwing the ball around like it was a grenade. And then yesterday, of course. Well, Anthony DiScofani, well, he uh, tied that club record by striking out the first six Milwaukee hitters. Then what? Uh, then, uh, oh, you know what broke loose because then he started putting the, they sp- started putting the ball, bat on the ball. And knocked it all around. Total Miller collapse. Park. Co- total, total collapse. T- That's correct. It's called a TC. That was a meltdown, like uh, wheels three, off. Three Mile Island. Terrible. Now, yeah. Rachel, I sent you a couple of pretty good. I sent you one good posting about Cam Newton getting on a. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer, in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blaine, I think it was from Paris to Charlotte or somewhere. That is correct. Yes, he wanted extra leg room. And unfortunately, he did not reserve that when he bought his ticket. So he got on the plane. He was trying to buy the better seat from the person that was already in it. He was offering $1,500 cash. The man turned him down while the entire plane videotaped the incident. Why not? uh, I saw part of it. uh, Any more money? Because for $2,000, could have got it done. Well, you have to assume whoever's in business class, class, you know, they don't need the extra change. Two thousand. They don't need that that small amount of coinage from a you know NFL player. They can afford their own seats. They don't need that. Was there a sense they knew who he was? That could be part of the issue. Seg, your reaction? Well, the way way he's dressed. Well, it's not your normal. No, uh, he didn't look normal. Thank you. And I would have said he's always dressed to the T and six foot five, about two fifty. Bingo. And he's got that look in his eye. So let's say if uh, you're you're uh, over there, uh, you know maybe. Over in Paris, if you're sitting in that seat, what does the great? Well, of course, the great American would be in first class. Three thousand. I would have said three. You would have said three thousand. How come nobody else stepped up and said, "Hey, here"? Nobody stepped up. I mean, I'm surprised somebody didn't say three thousand. Why why don't he get a second on that motion? Well, there are only certain seats that have the extra leg room in first class, so there was only a couple available. Sixty-five million dollars. My guess is they were a couple, and that. You know, they were flying together. Well, he's rich. I know that. Not as rich as he could have been or would have been if he had a better year the last couple of years. That's true. But I mean, 65 mil, I think you could probably get your own plane from Paris to Charlotte, couldn't you? Now, you're like a woman, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Another woman's come out, Jean Carroll, who claims 30 years ago she was in an upscale department store in Manhattan. And she claims that all of a sudden she found herself in a dressing room with the Donald. 30 years ago, and that uh, he uh, forced himself on her for a three-minute uh, respite during the time she said in a CNN interview this morning that she should have asked him for his tax returns while <laughs> that was going on. That's funny. And uh, I'm we thinking, this. I we, mean, who else is going to? Well, she has a new book coming out, by the way. Oh, well, of course. She has a new book of coming course. out. Yeah. Doesn't this marginalize? actual sexual assaults and rapes that happen all the time. Of course it does. When someone like this is given CNN play because it's the Donald. Of course it does. But How long he, ago was it? 30. So in the early 90s. Well, she said late, late 80s, 80s, early 90s. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe 27 years. 27 to 32 years ago. The statutes run. They changed the statute in 2006. At the time it happened, it was a five-year statute. And so she can't bring criminal charges if she wanted to. There's no videotape. 
Uh, why didn't she go to the police at the time? She said she told a girlfriend that it happened, and the girlfriend kind of laughed about it and said, Jean Carroll did not take it seriously at the time. And now 30 years later or so, she's saying she wants to make it public. In order, and she, another reason she went public was to give airplay to women in Mexico who are being raped every day. So by her talking about this, women in Mexico being raped by the drug cartel somehow gets the air player connection, which I don't get at all. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, does that mean the drug cartel will not rape young girls anymore coming up through Mexico? No. What does it mean? It means nothing. I'm it's, trying to connect the dots on that one. Well, she can't. And I, I think, That's once again, freak. CNN's covering this thing. It was just on again every once oh. an hour. They're covering it. As Hasn't if, the definition of assault, as we know it today, changed from 30 years ago? Well, I don't know. I think rape is rape 30 years ago. If this happened, uh, I, she should have called the NYPD right then. And you, you had clerks present. You had evidence. I would assume she had evidence. But now we have circumstances where people are having sexual relations and one person is not as into it as the other person generally the woman and the woman is not necessarily saying yes not saying no saying but not really into it and those are some of the the murky gray water that we're getting into with these allegations coming out and that is now considered an assault would it have been considered assault back then if she wasn't screaming no we don't know the circumstances yet of her her situation semi-public place i mean if she would have come out of that department store screaming and hollering this didn't happen in a dorm room was she afraid did she just not want to what was this what were the circumstances she was shocked she was in shock which is is, okay well now the next day you're not in shock i I assume but 30 years later you are you are she's now she's now 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 she's in shock we've been more aggressive about going after those situations that are in a gray area than they would have 30 years ago Right. So, and today, it's an, if it's in a gray area, what's a man to do? They're going to assume that it's not in a gray area. They're going to treat it like it, it the same as a forced assault that was violent and premeditated as compared to something that is really in, a like I said, a murky area that men and women. But this is why Sweden has consent laws. Consent, you have, you have in you right have to say, I do want to actually have sexual relations with and you. And every step along the way, you got to announce. Correct. Okay. Now, is what she is going to be in front of a, a House Judiciary Committee with like uh, Kavanaugh? I, I would think what, what was Jerry Nadler's name. Well, you had uh, Blasey Ford, you had uh, Julie Swetnick, represented by no, Michael I mean, Avenetti. What was the one with Kavanaugh? And that was her, Julie Svetnik, and uh, the other one was Christine Blasey Ford. Whatever. And so, yeah, yeah I guess uh, Jerry Nadler may call her up to do what? Publicize her book? Why not? I spoke to a TV newscaster, female, who told me she has a couple sons that are going to college in uh, September. One, one this September, one next September. She's scared to death that they're going to be in some situation where... It's a gray area. It's a gray area. And they're not even aware that it's a gray area. And you're young, a young male is not conditioned to say no. I mean, you know, 17, 18-year-old boys aren't conditioned. And it's going to be a gray area. And uh, they have the same last names. And then her career will be ruined. And the boy will be drummed out of college. And, and then he can't get a job. And it's all because of the Me Too movement, which has good intentions. 
but the effects are not very good for anybody, especially you have to think for the mothers, the sisters, the husbands, the fiancés, the girlfriends of these guys, and it's like open season on men. Seg, your reaction? Well, Leah, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers, Tempstar. Tempstar. Quality you could feel in Cincinnati called Sheldon Braun. At Braun Heating at 385-7765. Sports! Those Reds are off today, Willie. Uh, the road trip continues first of two tomorrow night against the uh, Los Angeles Angels and Mike Trout and Big Albert Pujols. And uh, the action right here on 700 WLW. Women's World Cup late in the second half right now. USA ahead of Spain, 2-1. Both uh, penalty kicks today by uh, the U.S. And they will uh, they win this game. They go to uh, the quarterfinals against France on Friday. I think the American women are favored to win, correct? I would say so, yes. Okay, we'll see what happens. So, there you go right And it's raining again. We've not had rain for a while. No, we haven't. What else is on the blog? Segman wants to know, Rachel. The Walinda twins, or siblings, tightrope walked across Times Square. They have been publicizing this for about a week. Did you watch that? That was unbelievable last night. We have the footage. We have the backstory of two, two of Liana, who made her comeback to the high rope after she suffered a pretty terrible fall two years ago that almost killed her. So this was uh, this was her comeback walk, so to speak. She was singing while she, she was. was walking. It was it was really cute. Would you stand below that, looking up? I think they had harnesses on. I'm pretty sure they did. Harnesses. Yeah. But so they had thousands of people. I mean, yeah, a lot of people showed up. You know, sure. Be supportive. PR stunt. Who, how do they get paid on that deal? That's a good question. Somebody's got to pay them. Money, 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 money. What else is on the blog? we got to have some hot chick or something. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, former playmate gets arrested for meth possession in Louisiana. Not good. Uh, Not good. Valerie Mason, who was on Girls Next Door, several episodes of that, was arrested. Not good. For meth possession, she was apparently in a vehicle that had, um, I want to say, two grams. Yes, two grams of methamphetamine in it. And although she did not personally have the drugs on her, she was arrested regardless because she's in the car. Not good. How was how's the squirrel? Any update on the the meth squirrel in rehab? We can, we can assume that he's quiet time right now. Probably back out in the wild already. Oh, okay. The attack squirrel on meth drug dealers are using squirrels. Instead of pit bulls, they're using meth-addicted squirrels to guard them. Maybe he's running to Madeira to get uh, straightened out. You have to remember, there was a woman uh, maybe two years ago that got arrested for training attack squirrels to terrorize her axe. Wow. That's action. That that was a real story. So squirrels can be vicious and mean. They can be trained to be vicious and mean. So what do you do with them? You can't just kick them or step on them? I guess you can't. Well, she had a bevy. She had like an actual group. A herd. Of squirrels that what's were a, sent in to nice. be vicious towards a person all at the same time. What, what What's a group of squirrels called? Is it a bevy? Is it a I don't know. Pack? Kill. You know what? Probably like those Chip bats in that lady's house. Know. What about the bats in that lady's house? You got bats in Covington? Let me try this. I don't. No. Okay. So far. Knock on wood. No. I had on. It's kind of unusual. Brian Copy. Hamrick. Brian Hamrick. That. According to uh, the feds and state, if you have bats in your attic in Covington, you cannot do anything about it because they're protected species. Are they white-nosed bats? Is that right? They're, well, there's this one is called a brown, brown, a small brown yeah. bat that is a protected species, and you can't do a damn thing. And he doesn't turn into Bella Lugosi and or you Christopher can't, Lee. You can't disturb him. 
You shouldn't disturb them anyway. It's a five-year prison time. Really? Plus a $5,000 fine if you disturb a bat in your in your attic. And this woman is in turmoil because she don't know what to do right now. She called the exterminator thinking, okay, pay 500 bucks, the bats are gone. I'm sorry, yep. ma'am. That's a protected species. We can't do anything, and you can't do anything until October when the breeding season is done. Then once the baby bats are up rolling around, you can do something. But you can't poison them or kill them. you got to get them released out of your belfry. They've been Their population's been decimated by some disease, hasn't it? Yes, and they kill billions of insects every year, so bats are terribly important for the they ecosystem are. and global warming. Right down your alley. That's it. I love that. I love that global warming. I, I love that hoax perpetrated, costing billions of dollars. And the best thing 60 Minutes did yesterday was use children to promote the I cause. I saw that. What, that 11-year-old yeah. year old suing the Amer- America for something? I'm suing, thinking, suing the United States then, of America because what, I'm going to die. I mean, what? come on. What the, liberals use I children. Mean, some islands given way. I mean, move somewhere else then. Move. But liberals use children to advance their cause because you. you can't argue with a child. Therefore, you got to sit down and shut up, whether it's guns or whether it's global warming or whether it's immigration, you know, kids in cages. It's not about MS-13 raping thousands of women. It's about kids in cages without diapers and toothbrushes. Kids don't like to brush their teeth anyway. Anyway, I say to hell with it. Rachel, thank you. Thanks. Segman, get me out of the Stooge Report. Willie, in honor of a... uh... Kind of a rainy afternoon here in the tri-state. and uh, Steve Raleigh says this is it. After this little bout tomorrow, life's going to be good for like a week. Only the chin knows for sure. Yes. He's we, lost a lot of weight, too. Have you noticed that? We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Bill Cunningham has no future in radio, <laughs> and I can't talk. Those are the, that was the advice of Sister Monica Ann in the eighth grade of my mother. Told my mom, make sure little Billy... Doesn't have a job in which he has to speak a lot. What do you think you would have been doing if this had all happened? I wanted to be a coach and a, an athletic director, and a, I wanted to coach basketball. That's so what you, I could, you probably could have been the John Wooden of the yes, park. Probably the Jerry Wood. Maybe the Carl Kramer. Ooh. See, that's what I wanted to do, be a phys ed teacher and a coach. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Somehow I got stuck in law school, and the rest is history. Two Marconis and... Well, a TV show later, I'm, look what I'm happens. I'm throwing them all don't, away. Don't forget Jim Scott's career, too. Jim Scott. Oh, well, of course. How can I? I well, if, if I was not in radio, Jim Scott would not be in radio. I created him. Once again, Rachel, thank you very much. Thank you. Segment, thank you. Thank you, Willie. Reparations. I need reparations oh, coming geez. up next. Reparations. Rachel, as a woman, do you need reparations for men? Hey, why not? According to Elizabeth, we're handing it out. I want in on this. Come on, is yes. That from, is that from Bernie Sanders too? Elizabeth Warren Le- says, oh, "Gay and lesbians need oh, reparations, and women need reparations. What? Much less black Americans. Who's going to pay for all this? Republicans? Uh, Wall Street. Oh, Wall Street oh, pays for everything. Oh, okay. Uh, let's continue. Well, what happens if Wall, Wall Street crushes? Well, you we're pay sell- for. We're it. selling apples on Fourth Street. Max Diamond. He's a straight male. He pays for it. Oh. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, 700 WLW. It's the big rigs like yours that keep this country going. A tip of the hat to you. America's Trucking Network with Steve Summers. Tonight at midnight on 700 WLW. It's dot com. I'll make a rich woman bad.
All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Let's continue now. No Reds baseball tonight. Uh, two games in L.A. with the Angels Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday, back here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the Cubs. And let's try to make sure there's more Reds fans at my ballpark, the great American, than Cubs fans, more red than blue. But the issue of uh, divisive racial politics and reparations has again reared its ugly head, which happens every now and then. The House of Representatives uh, last Wednesday, June the 19th, had day-long hearings on reparations, that is, punishing white Americans for the past sins and crimes of slavery and Jim Crow and rewarding African Americans who have suffered or may have suffered some injury because of discrimination. Now things have gotten a bit out of hand because Senator Elizabeth Warren said on Saturday it's time to pay reparations to gay, lesbians, bisexual Americans because of the discrimination they have felt Many feminists like Lisa Bloom and Gloria Allred have said that women should receive reparations for sexism practiced against them for years, probably continuing through today in some circumstances. So everyone's getting reparations, I guess, except straight white men. We have no reparations. Bob the Bricklayer just sent me a text saying, maybe Trump groped me. Where's my check? What this is, is a way of achieving, they say, spiritual cleansing. That if we pay reparations, who we is, is another issue. But if we pay that, there'll be racial harmony and there'll be national unity. When just the opposite, in my opinion, would, uh, would occur. The obvious political and financial interest lies in exacerbating racial tensions. Of course, the argument from the left is, is that people like you would willingly pay some sort of surtax or more, thousands of dollars, because of sins and crimes committed by people we didn't even know who existed anywhere from 50 to 200 years ago. That somehow because somebody who had my skin color did terrible things 50 to 150 to 200 years ago that I have to pay because of the color of my skin. Number one, it's illegal. Everyone advocating this knows it is unconstitutional. The Supreme Court in nine zero opinions have ruled you cannot give benefits or costs based upon someone's skin color. You can't say because Matt Steinman is white, he's got to pay, and because Jeff Pastor is black, he gets a check. And if that's federal legislation, that means there would be hundreds of lawsuits filed all over the country of those harmed by this and by some benefiting from it, and federal courts would quickly rule that's unconstitutional. You can't do it. And the radical leftists promoting this know exactly that's the case. Because you can't pay benefits or, or hurt someone based upon their skin color, simply their skin color. And so it is foolish, in my opinion, that uh, the argument of the radical left is racial harmony will be achieved if we have racial reparations. In fact, just the opposite. Anyone foolish enough to think a single Democratic politician would support a program that could significantly reduce racial strife that they rely upon for their very survival in office. The only way the Democratic Party exists today in its present form is because 90 to 90 percent of blacks vote for them. And if suddenly this issue was solved, their party would cease to exist if minority voting 
remotely resembled those of white Americans. Generally, white Americans vote 55-45 for one party or the other. And whoever gets that 55% tends to win. However, if you got rid of that and blacks started voting traditionally, as they have in the past for Republican candidates, how would a Democrat ever get elected? Do you honestly believe that a Democratic politician like a Dwight Sittenfeld or a P.G. Tillery or Chris Seelbach would ever support a program significantly reducing racial strife? That would mean they would be out of office. Didn't Democrats really do that? Hell no. They push these proposals for reparations when they don't believe it's actually going to happen. They're pushing it knowing it's going to be divisive, knowing that it'll divide us completely, black from white, male from female, and otherwise. And so and I'd like to know which white Americans owe the money. My family came here in like 1889 and lived in Latonia and lived in, uh, in parts of northern Kentucky, Covington, 20th and Scott Street. Then we moved to Deer Park. And so my family was poor. We were poor Irish. Do we have to pay? Does Matt Steinman have to pay? How about the millions of Europeans, Asians, and Latinos who came to the U.S. only in the 20th century? Are they responsible for slavery to pay taxes? Is that the case? If you're a Latino or descendant of an Asian or a European and you came here in the last 100 years, do you have to pay for slavery? And what about the descendants of northern whites who fought and died in the Civil War? 600,000 were killed in the Civil War. About 200,000 northerners were killed, and about 400,000 southerners were killed. So if your family line goes back, according to the DNA testing, way back into the 17th, 18th, 19th century, and let's say your great-great-great-great-great-granddad fought for the Union to free the slaves and was killed. Do you have to pay when your ancestors actually fought to end slavery? Plus, American jurisprudence is never of a character where generational debts are ever paid. For example, if Matt Steinman's grandfather killed five people, could those descendants of the murdered victims go go back uh, 40 years and prove that Matt Matt Steinman's great-granddad killed five people? Now, those five people are going to sue Matt Steinman? What the hell does that mean? American jurisprudence doesn't allow that. And what about non-slave-owning Southern whites, who were the great majority? Only about 8% of Southern whites owned slaves at all. The other 92% were simply working stiffs. They were the great majority of Southern whites. Should their descendants be made to pay for reparations? And on the black side of the ledger, some blacks purchased other blacks as a means to free family members. And other blacks owned slaves in the South for the same reason, to work their farms and plantation. Would descendants of these blacks be eligible for reparations when they own slavery themselves? And the only reason slavery could even exist is there were a few thousand African tribes who bought and sold their own brothers and sisters for profit. You see, there weren't large European armies that showed up in Western Africa to round up a whole bunch of black folks, some uh, 12 million. No, it didn't work that way. Blacks enslaved other blacks in Africa, then sold them at a profit to white and Arab slave traders, traders. and one-sixth came to America, and five-sixths went to, 83% went to all other places. 
Can we go to Africa and find the descendants of, of the African slave owners and the warlords who actually sold the slaves that started the whole process in the first place? Can we do that? The bottom line is this. There's been polling of late that more and more African-Americans have discovered more and more about their history and what the Democratic Party has done to them. The Democratic Party, who were the Ku Klux Klan. The Democratic Party that lynched 4,000 blacks. The Democratic Party that enacted Jim Crow laws. The Democratic Party that was the Confederacy. The Democratic Party in the 1960s that blocked civil rights legislation. The Democratic Party in 1988 that elected Robert KKK Byrd to be their Senate Majority Leader. The Democratic Party that controls public education in Cincinnati and Chicago and Lexington and Dayton and Columbus and Los Angeles. The Democratic Party controls every urban area in this country. So the Democratic Party cannot allow the news media to turn its guns on them and say, what have you done to African-Americans living in South Central L.A.? What have you done in the last 90 years? What's the status of public education in Chicago? Take out Warren Hills High School. What's the status of public education in the city of Cincinnati? How have your policies destroyed the black family and your support for abortion has terminated the lives of 20 million black babies. How come Planned Parenthood is always located in the black community? See, the Democratic Party would have one hell of a time having the news media examine them the way they have examined Donald Trump and the Republican Party. You might recall that when Charlottesville occurred, the monument to be taken down was of Democrat Robert E. Lee. And Trump said there were good people on both sides those who want to take down the monument, and those who don't want to take down the monument. And so how is it possible that America could ever, through a reconciliation commission, come up with all the permutations of how this occurs, and at the end of the day, it is illegal, it is unconstitutional, and the Democrats advocating this know exactly that's the case. That's why they're promoting it. It's a resolution that cannot be resolved. So they will keep the racial division alive and keep the blacks as much as possible voting for the Democratic Party. Think about that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is explicit in the Democratic Party's racial politics, which constantly harass white Americans to see themselves where the wrongdoers, wicked beneficiaries of white privilege, who steal their prosperity from downtrodden minorities. The viewpoint of many Democrats is that America was founded on the principles of racism. We stole the land from the Indians. We're unfair to to gays and to women and to minorities of every description. We're sexist, racist, homophobic, and the country is simply wrong. So that's why Bernie Sanders can say freely and openly, we got to fundamentally transform this country. we got to stop what we're doing because it's a wrong, evil place. That's why Cory Booker can say uh, 50 years ago that Joe Biden had counsel with uh, white segregationist Democrats from the South, like Senator Talmadge and Senator Fritz Hollings and 
and, and Senator Fulbright and others. They were segregationists. And so Cory Booker today, who's a privileged African-American U.S. senator from New Jersey for political purposes, can stir up racial division and tension by blaming Joe Biden 40 to 50 years ago for working with segregationists who, by the way, were all Democrats. They were Democrats. And Joe Biden worked with them to get things done. And if Joe Biden was and is such a racist, why in the hell would Barack Hussein Obama have picked him to be his vice president if this guy is so wrong? Well, when the debates come up later this week in Miami, and if, if, if individuals go after Joe Biden, why doesn't Joe Biden say, look, Barack Hussein Obama, loved by 95% or more of Democrats and by 99% of black Democrats, think he's the second coming of Jesus Christ, picked me to be his vice president. And I sat at his side for eight years. That's how racist I am. He's got to come up with that argument. Cory Booker said that Joe Biden was racist for sitting down with Democratic Southern segregationists. But then a question was asked yesterday of Cory Booker. Well, how come you meet with Louis Farrakhan all the time? Who's a known anti-Semite and a racist. And of course, Cory Booker, who uh, came from a rich, privileged background, who went to Stanford, then became a Rhodes Scholar, then finished things off at uh, Yale Law School, elected to U.S. Senate New Jersey, which is a 68% white state. They keep electing him even though he's black. He wants to convince all the black folks around America that it's racism is everywhere and that reparations are coming, knowing it'll never happen. How, how come the media doesn't call Cory Booker out on his on his racism and pandering to black folks? Why doesn't that happen? If it was wrong for Biden to meet and counsel with fellow Democratic segregationists in the in the 70s, why isn't it wrong for Cory Booker today to sit down with Louis Farrakhan and Al Sharpton? Does the media point that out? Hell no, but I just did. And if Booker wants to convince you as a Democrat that Joe Biden is somehow racist, he's calling Barack Hussein Obama a racist. Why did Obama pick Biden to be his VP for eight years? I, I don't have an explanation for any of this. So somehow those who benefit through the promulgation of racism is the party advocating it today to keep us separated. The last thing they want, and I there were, there were a few African-Americans who testified last week in the House of Representatives. One of them, Burgess Owens, said, quote, I used to be a Democrat until I did my history and found out that the misery that my party brought to my race was incredible. Let's point to the party that was the party of slavery, the KKK, Jim Crow, and has killed 20 million black babies. And that party is the Democrat Party. Plain and simple, that was a black Democrat saying that in the public specter last week in the House of Representatives. But if you keep promising folks something for nothing at someone else's cost, and the only reason you don't have reparations or Medicare for all or free college tuition at $1.6 trillion are those evil white Republicans out to get you. And if people buy that line long enough and hard enough, you end up with areas of our country like South Central L.A., the southern side of Chicago or Detroit, controlled by the Democratic Party for 90 years. Your reaction. We have three lines available at 513-749-7000, 513-749-7000.
pound 700, the new AT&T. Bill Cunningham, the great American for all Americans. And I love my country. I love my black brothers and sisters. I love everybody in this country. I want you to do well. Even gay Americans had a great pride weekend. I, I want you to do well economically, raise your families, pay your taxes, don't commit crime, and love each other. That's what I'm after. That's not the message of the modern Democrat Party. They lie to their base to keep them in their political corral, which is the only way they can keep power. How long will you be tricked? 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, the great American live with you every day. You're home of the Reds. News Radio 700. If people say your dreams are crazy, prove them wrong. Don't just get the game-winning hit. Blast a game-winning homer and belittle the opposing team by doing a bizarre victory dance as you round the bases. Sports Talk with Lance McAllister, tonight at 6. Just listen. On 700 WLW. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American. In the last two weeks, mortgage applications, things have been ringing off the hook because of the dip in interest rates at McKinley Mortgage. Write down their telephone number, which is 513-791-2700. Do not miss out on these low mortgage rates. They dropped a lot in the last two months, and they dropped in the last two weeks. Believe it or not, 15-year fixed rates now are at 3.375% with an APR of only 349 McKinley every morning is relentless in pursuing low interest rates and passing them on to you. And now is a perfect time to to, uh, to consolidate all your debt and to refinance because the value of your home has risen. It's unbelievable. And when you refinance, you skip a payment or two. Those monies go directly in your pocket. If your current mortgage rate is 5% or higher, you're wasting money every month. Call McKinley. They're great people. 20 years in business. They know where the bodies are buried. They know where the low interest rates are, and they pass them on to you on a regular basis. You can buy or refinance with a credit score as low as 580. And when you close, Paul Luck will give you a $100 gift certificate to Eli Sports Bar and Grill. The number to call once again is 791-2700 or bestlowrates, bestlowrates.com. Bars.com. All right, Rock, I love the College World Series. I'm watching this kid from Louisville. What's his name? Luke Smith. He is dropping the F-bomb, and ESPN's doing it. He's got, you know, he's he's leaving the mound in the eighth. He struck out the last batter for Vanderbilt. They're up two to one. The F-bomb's coming, and he's pointing at the Vanderbilt. You, you, you. F you and just all the way down. But but the ninth but. inning. What happened in the ninth inning? Comes Luke's, out, gets he, he walked a guy, he, then he starts getting shelled. He gets shelled. And what happens? As he Andrews. brought off the mound. Sure he wasn't in the Reds bullpen lately. <laughs> Vanderbilt starts yelling at him. F you, F you, right. And it was a little bit louder <laughs> this time. And the kid at the end of the game is in the dugout. He's got a white shock of blonde hair with goofy looking glasses on with his chin pinned to his chest, and the Vanderbilt players are still yelling the F-bomb at him. It's the best. It's like, has that ever happened to you in sports? I'm, I'm trying to think of a... Wow, nothing like I was that. on either side of something like that, but yeah. You know, that happened to you with uh, Delta State, didn't it? I don't think so. I don't think... Did you do the ball in that guy's yeah, face? Yeah, he deserved it, though. But I, I love that kind of stuff in sports. You don't see that in reality. But the, I, I thought that kid and the announcer was saying at the time, he better put up those numbers in the ninth because he's out there on the limb right now. 
and they saw it all. Yeah, you drop that one in the ninth inning after you win, not in the eighth. I remember one one time I was with the Chiefs and we were playing the Bills and um, we were getting clobbered. Right, this is this is when uh, Marshawn Lynch is with the Bills, just running over us. Right, and it's late in the game. Bernard Pollard was our, our safety. And he came in, he's like, man, F this, man, I'm tired of this, man. So he goes, like, I'm going to try to take one of these guys out, right? So he goes in kind of low on the quarterback. So then, and this is in the fourth quarter, so then the Bills sidelines over there like, yeah, uh-huh. F-U, F-U. And then they threw like a double double throwback pass for a touchdown just to put the icing <laughs> on the gate. said, here, this is yeah. for you. I'm thinking, this is probably not a good idea for us so to like do it this. never happened to you in pickleball with uh, old Walter? What's his Stanley. name? Yeah, Stanley. Stanley. World War One vet. I was playing today, Willie. Well, Rock and I are going to get together at some well, point. We were, we were playing. How old is Stanley? I'm waiting till he's uh, 90. He's 89. Man. All right, when he's 90, Rock. <laughs> That's right. Can we take him down, it's Rachel? Been, it's been five. Five years since the the first match, I believe. That's if we give you a rematch. Ooh, wow! Rachel, would you come and referee? <laughs> of course. Well, I don't know about referee. I don't know enough about pickleball. I know. But no, I will. Well, neither we. Very little. We don't know anything either. <laughs> I will we'll make Andre, sure. We'll get Andre. You know what? We'll get Andre Silva from the uh, Western and Southern Tennis. What knows go. about that stuff? But John it will Barrett. be documented for the blog. We we'll got John Barrett part. out there. Yes. When we important. show up in Middletown, Rocky, looking like he looks. Well, wait a minute. What about us going out to center court? No, we're not going to do that. And then I show oh. up. and I, You don't I, want to do it in front of 10,000 people, no, right? No, I don't want to do that. No, I want to no. do it in Middletown. What's, what's the name of the park we Leverson were in? Leverson Park. That, that place right there. there. I want nobody playing. to see this. Great time. And I, I played 20 years of racquetball. And I'm thinking, pickleball, racquetball? Yeah, same. How hard can it be? Yeah, but wait right? a minute now. I think you were yelling at your partner more than anybody it else. It was his fault. You were a horrible right? teammate. Because no, you were right. horrible. No. Right. So I show up. You're, you're segment very little. Segment's got yeah. the headband on. He's got the wristband. He's got the high tube socks. I don't have the headband. And on. and, and there's old Stanley. He was right. 85 years old. And I'm thinking, Rock, let's be careful with <laughs> these guys. No, you had the look in your face. We got this. Uh, and Rachel, I said you, you know were what? like Luke Smith, and we were like Vanderbilt. What were the odds of us winning just on paper? I mean, everyone seemed to heavily favor you guys just heavily. because you're no so way. athletic. You're such mm. an athletic duo, you know. But and Stanley had like his bow legs. He waddled on the court. I said, "Now look, Rock, don't don't hit him, <laughs> and just be careful. We don't need him breaking a hip. Be careful because Channel Five's here. They were Channel Five, and he got Sega in his tube socks. I think Chopper Nine was above us. He's got his wristbands on. He's dressed to the nines on Rocky. Let's not. Now, what about you? You had your American flag polo Thank you. on. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Let's let, thank you. I got thank a, you. I got a picture so, of that. Instead I, of being great, everybody that else. What about you? Looking like old glory. I think you Rocky, had even. A, uh, didn't you have like some sort of neon green on or something? I bought some. Okay. Some swag for yeah. me and Willie. We had neon headbands, neon wristbands. We got hammered. We, we got, got hammered. We got hammered. We covered your eyes for what a couple of What was it, like points. 15 to 5, 15 to 3? Whipped you. And I kept saying, this is Rocky. This is impossible. <laughs> that old guy. And look at Sagan and his tube socks. I said, come on, man. It's, it's impossible <laughs> that we're losing right now. It's like that pitcher like I Louisville. Said, <laughs> like I said, you guys were Luke Smith and we were Vanderbilt that day. Can Luke go back to Cardinal land? Can he show up anywhere? I get drafted well, by the Reds. When we walked down the court and I saw Stanley. <laughs> I said, I said, if there had been a bookie stand there, I would have lost my entire house. I said, we're, we're playing everything. everything but it all. They can't move. <laughs> they just tur- made us like pretzels. I said, jeez.
like uh, that Stacy Land character to uh, kick my ass on a basketball court. And also uh, Carling Coughing. Carling Coughing and golf. golf. I couldn't believe it. I'd beat Nancy Lopez, though. I mean, that's a little better yeah, than Carly Coughing. That's true. But, Rachel, were you there for that? Yes, I was there. Oh, no. Did, would you have bet on us? You know what? Honestly, I would have. I would have. Because you guys seem to be preparing. At least Rocky was, I think. Trying to lead up to... He was reading the rules. He was trying to be prepared as he could. Pickleball. You were winging it. I did know that. I but usually you ball. can do that. Hit You're the, the type of guy I'm that can just do that. Than that. I got hammered. We're Sag. coming, Sag. We're coming. We're coming That's for you. Have your rematch. Wait till he's... Not do it. Can he still play? He was out there this morning. Jeez. Denise and I were out there playing. Yeah. It was great. We had about, uh, let's see, Wait a minute. Can we had he, seven courts going this morning eight, out of 16. 89 years old. Yep. He's, He's playing there today. We, pickleball. Actually, yeah. Denise and I beat him and another guy 11-nothing this morning. Now, you, you, let it, you beat a guy 89 years old 11-nothing. Yep. I'd be embarrassed about well, he that. He beat us 11-nothing before that. What? Yeah. And he was saying, like, the Louisville pitcher, F right. you, That's F right. you. That's right. Saying, You're the man. I'm <laughs> Luke. I'm going to get you guys in the ninth. Boom, well, boom, 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 boom. If, if, if we play you guys, we might come out in Vanderbilt uniforms. Ooh. Just in commemoration of Luke Smith well, and well, the Louisville well, Cardinals. What about this summer? I don't know. We'll see. Rock, are you willing to do I'm, it? I'm willing to do it. Say Say the word. I don't Name know. The venue, the no, time. We're gonna, I'll have, to, I'll we're have gonna, to check with my people. Talk to Stanley, but we're going to practice. You and I, yes. We need to I'm get not going to lose this match. This is, this is simple. All this is hitting a stupid ball over the net. It can't be that difficult. But what's left of my sports is, is on the line. It's nice can't to knock to down two sports icons around here. You, got, knock you, them down you guys have to remember, notches. it's a soft serve. Don't, don't, be, don't be too hard on that ball, Rocky. You were... You were attacking the ball, and you got a massage. You were attacking that ball, right? You have to linebacker. you have to romance that ball. You can't just go out there. It and yes, love it. Love the ball. Love the ball. And I know I love my ball, so I, I don't know. But we're, if we do this, we're going to get a week at a time. We're going to play two or three times, and then we're going to see what happens. That's so if we give you a rematch. We might well, not do why, it. Why don't you talk to Stanley? I'll talk to my people. The hearing aids. I mean, is he okay? I mean, is, huh? Is, 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 huh? <laughs> I'm just saying, if we lose to a 90-year-old guy, Rock, I'm done. <laughs> this is going to be it for me in sports. I, 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 I can't lose. I, I'm sorry. I can't. If lose. we have to cheat, we have to. We have to win. Are you going to wear your tube socks and your yeah. wrist and all that? You're going to do sure, all. Sure. Why not? What about Stanley? You is guys it, need to get uniforms this time around. You guys need yeah. to get matching uniform sets. Look but, good, feel good, play good. I don't know. We looked good the last time, and it didn't do, have any impact at all. And the people were laughing at us. That's what hurt my ego when all those people started laughing. I think they were, they were all on our side. I know they were. But <laughs> you drove all the way out there. That's right. And well, I, that's a, you then, know what? That's then, a good point. I want a neutral site this time. That was some ooh. home cooking, Seg. Yeah, what about that? Well, well, we're going to go to Harrison. You, you know where the cracks were? We'll go How to about Green, Newtown? Green Township. Green Township. No, we're not going Veterans there. Veterans Park has a pickleball court. No, that's what we're talking about. No. Middletown. We'll play in Ron's Roost uh, parking lot. Well, that's in Kenwood. <laughs> Jeez, here we go again. <laughs> Give me some. I tell you, let's think about it. You talk to your Stanley. Okay. How does Stanley look these days? He looked great today. He actually hits the ball and everything. Correct. If we lose this guy, just like we did when he when 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 we whipped your butt the last time. It's been five years. Yeah. Well, we've gotten no older, have we? No. We will. We will avenge. We will. 
Willie, uh, the uh, Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers, Tempstar. Quality you can feel in southeastern Indiana. Call Joe Eckstein at Eckstein Heating and Cooling, 812-932-2026. And the thing about what? that matchup, we weren't even competitive. It wasn't like 15-12. It was like 15-3. I mean, well, how's that possible? It was like playing China in table tennis. They were just... Boom, boom, boom. Putting the ball and yeah, but, but we set like them the U.S. Up. and uh, who they beat 13 to nothing? And the Nicaraguans or somebody. Oh, the, the Venezuelans, they don't even eat. So so we're playing, and every time we hit the ball, it came back. And, Come on, Rock. And we set them up, and you guys just like slammed the ball and showed us no respect, Greg. So what? It's the way it is. There's a way of getting the ball lower in pickleball so they can't yeah, do that. We've got to learn the top spin. Yeah, we got to do the top spin. Uh, soccer Women's World Cup today. Uh, Megan Rapinoe with uh, two penalty kicks as she uh, sends uh, the USA over Spain 2-1. Luke. She Luke. scored in the 7th minute and the 75th minute, so the U.S. will now face off against in the quarterfinals Friday, the big match against France. Luke. Don't be Luke from Louisville. <laughs> uh, the Reds are off today, Willie. The uh, road trip continues first to two against Mike Trout and Big Albert. <laughs> Tomorrow night against the Angels in L.A. The action right here on 700 WLW. Looks like uh, Scooter Jeanette's going to start a rehab assignment tonight. Tomorrow with AAA Louisville. Looks like he's he could be back by Friday against the Cubs. What about Wood? Uh, Alex Wood, remember him? Are we sporting new Wood? Uh, well, he's going to throw a uh, he's going to he's going to let's see what's he going to do. He's going to throw a bullpen in AAA Louisville tomorrow. Good. Hopefully his back's okay. Good. And then uh, he's going to start at a rehab assignment Thursday. Nothing better than good new Wood. So both Jeanette and Wood with Louisville getting a little work in. Correct. All right. What about what about Luke? Will he be there in the bullpen in Louisville? <laughs> I don't know. I think his major league prospects. Let's red sign him real hit. quick. ESPN does. You know they're not top ten. Luke was number one. Yes. <laughs> He'll. <laughs> Jeez. It was the best. What's on the blog? What's on the blog? That's the yeah, important that's stuff. The important oh, stuff. hey, how do you feel, Rocky, about Cam Newton getting shut down while trying to buy more legroom on an airplane? Eddie and I are going to discuss this. So oh. if, if you, I'll, I'll propose it to everyone in this room. So Cam Newton is flying back from France, 10-hour plane trip, Ooh. and he offers someone sitting in first class $1,500 cash to trade seats with him. And then what did the guy say? Nah, bah, bah, nah. <laughs> I give him the number three. Three. You, you, so you uh, up you you want a little more? Three thousand, Cam, and I'll be in the middle seat on a ten-hour flight. Can you make Cam Newton what six five two fifty in the middle yes. seat? Yes. On a ten-hour flight. But do you? I mean, do you agree with the guy saying no? I I think that it has it's it's more to do with who the person is, right? Right. I, I think this guy was probably like just not a big Cam Newton guy. I got or myself. they just didn't want to take the ten-hour flight without the free alcohol. Sure, you can put a lot of free a booze lot, down. A in lot a of little flight. booze bottles. Yes. Got a text here from Tom Weedman of Sycamore Township. Oh, Listen boy. to this: the bidding. I'll get a court set up at Harper's Point. We could have stands set up, and we're going to sell tickets. No, I, I, we're going to Green Township. That's where we're playing. <laughs> he says he's putting his Green money Township or nothing say. on Stanley and Segman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I worry about getting beat again and shut down badly. I mean, it, I, I couldn't, especially this time on your home turf. I, I, and, I, and your I, sacred I, Sycamore Township, ugh. they might they might throw you out. Ugh. You might have to go downtown. 
Uh, <laughs> Rachel, who do you like in the matchup? Stanley's now 90. I think you guys, as much I think Seg and Stanley are the better team, but I think you guys, you and Rocky, you're out for vengeance now. No, no question about that. And that <laughs> might be the fire you need to overthrow the best there is. How about this? From, Seg and Stanley. For Tony Rosiello. Tony says. Now where are we now? Now where are we going? There's a Dan? beautiful new pickleball court we put in a green township of Told Bicennial you. That's Park. That's what I'm talking about. And it'll be hosted by Ron's Roost as the corporate sponsor for this event. Not bad. Not bad. Rachel, will you come? Absolutely. Will you record this for history? Of course. Unless, Rocky? you know, you lose again. I was going to say, yeah. if we, we lose, we lost, you happen we lost to, the tape. Then happen there to will be the some, some spontaneous footage air that won't allow yeah. me to place it on the blog. <laughs> will you, sure. will you put it on the blog? And I understand the, the ball is like a wiffle ball, right? Correct. And the paddle's like a it's like a wooden paddle. Wooden paddle. Yeah. How hard can this be? Well, Seemingly you guys got, you guys is... got whips, so you tell me. Shut up. Yeah. What else is on the blog? We have uh, the arrest of a former playmate for meth possession in Louisiana. Valerie Mason was featured on Girls Next Door several times. She was arrested for uh, two grams of methamphetamine in a vehicle that she was riding in. She didn't have it on her person, but nobody technically did. It was in the door. So everybody got arrested for possession. Well, that's on the blog. That's the important stuff. Yes. Cam Newton, would you have done it for 3000 Rachel? Yeah, maybe. Rock. Three, I would. 1500 no, because I don't Psych. like Cam Newton. I would ask for more. Please continue. Did he, didn't he have more on him? I would assume. He, he certainly would have had more on him. If that guy had said, look, it's 2500 bucks, Flush. let's do this, I think he would have done it, just to save himself. I'm surprised somebody else didn't raise their hand and right. say, oh. yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, right here. <laughs> right here. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Please continue. The Walinda siblings made their epic tightrope crossing across Times Square successfully. We can see the video of that, too, on your blog. It's all the good stuff. Rock. They had the harness, though. It took a little bit away from the the danger of it. A little bit, but it was... I know it was um, a New York law and everything, but... Yes, and it was Liana's first trip back on the tightrope after her deadly fall, nearly deadly fall. It was like a 12-person accident or whatever it was. She was banged up bad. Broke every bone in her face. So, how's she looking? She looks good. Not good. They, they, good. good. Yeah, two. It's been two years, so they were able to. Apparently, part of her chin still floats, but <laughs> I have that video on the blog too. Forty-nine <laughs> years ago tonight, Segman and I were at Crosley Field, unrelated to each other, watching my Reds beat up on the Giants. Two home runs were hit. One by Bench. I want to see it though by Lee May, but I'm not sure. If you know who hit the other home run, the big bopper. Call now, 749-7000. Home plate picked up, taken to Riverfront. Where were you 49 years ago tonight? I was not anywhere close to being born. Rachel? Same. Let's continue with more. Seg, get me Does out of the studio. make stu- us old? I don't know. I think wise. Seg, get me out of the Stooge report. Willie, in honor of a, uh, another uh, rainy day here in the Tri-State, like we haven't had one in a while. We need some rain, though. And for the rematch, capital R. It's going to happen. How about August? Maybe. You want to do it in August? Maybe. August. Talk to Stanley. If he says no, I'm okay with that. Rock, if he says yes. no, I'm not going to hurt this no. guy. No. No. Well, what if we were to put another hurting on you? It would be hurtful, no question. If that happens again, that's it for my pickleball career. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Everything about pot is wonderful. Gary (laughs) Jeff Walker, thank you. Let's continue with more 700 WLW. 
listening to 700 WLW, where most of our listeners experience a unique sense of joy and euphoria. Are you feeling any of that? Well, then you're clearly doing it wrong. Billy Cunningham, the great American, all my friends at Western and Southern, they're looking for new associates just like you. It is a great place to work and with a strong and vibrant culture. Western and Southern, under the leadership of my friend and yours, John Barrett, getting ready for the Western and Southern Open in a few weeks. Does business the right way by caring about one another and about those with whom it does business. It takes pride in a strong team approach, paying its associates a host of fringe benefits that include medical, dental, life insurance, a pension, a 401k, a free fitness facility run by Chris Collinsworth himself on Wednesdays and Fridays, an on-site cafeteria, and subsidized parking. You see, Western and Southern promotes a stable, fulfilling, and challenging work environment with an emphasis on excellence and continued career development. It's all part of Western and Southern's efforts to make Cincinnati the best place in the world to live, work, thrive, enjoy life, and to play tennis. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.